think it's recording. Okay, yeah, it's recording. Okay, so hi guys, welcome to the second season of I'm Not Racist. Um, today is the first episode, um, and we have with us co-host Haley. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Haley McKennis. I am a junior, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we're doing this over Zoom, so um, you know there is no social distancing is required. It's kind of a given. Um, we also have a guest speaker here with us today, Diane. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure, thank you. Hi, I'm Diane Kim. I'm currently a freshman at St. Francis, and <laughs> thanks, Princess. Of course, and we have our two moderators here today, just in case if they like say something, um, so you guys listeners don't get like freaked out like oh no um we have dr javier watson and mr orange you guys want to say hello hi (laughs) hello hello um okay so i don't know has anyone in the zoom done a recording like a podcast recording before no okay um so i've done it a couple times i'm still a little nervous just because i don't know it's like odd it's so weird doing it over zoom um but today we're gonna be talking about just the things that have been going on on campus or online more so um in relation to saint francis um so some of the biggest things that have happened since the last season ended was the death of george floyd and then the post that was made on the sfhs instagram account with the um comments disabled and when the comments were enabled afterwards the amount of attention that the school got on news media from other past students and current students and then the amount of pressure you know staff will felt as well as students on campus especially those who hold a leadership position um so one of the things that started this whole thing (laughs) um this conversation i guess on campus for me so um is the instagram post which kind of shed a light on how bad things are on campus and were and still are i guess and it kind of put more pressure on the ad on admin i'd spent a couple days on campus over the summer following the um instagram post and i was with the sbos for i don't know how many times i was i met we met with dr javier watson a couple times and we you know tried um educating ourselves as much as we possibly can reading books just entering in discussion and it kind of gave us um an opportunity to talk to one another to understand one another and to try to understand the greater St. Francis community, um, not just like forcing people to understand perspective, but trying to just come to, uh, I guess, a, a level ground, I guess, a middle, a middle place. Um, so how about you guys? How has this summer been um, in your own perspective? Um, for me, it was, it was very intense. I think that it was a lot to process in the moment, especially what was going on with George Floyd and those um, protests and the marches that were going on, the Black Lives Matter movement and like attending them and like being there present, what was going on at the Capitol, the policemen mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and then leading up to the summer Zoom calls that happened, I think that it was um, very insightful. And I think that those voices needed to be heard and listened to because a lot of it was that 
we were hurt. A lot of the alumni were hurt and we're still hurt, we're still in pain. And I think that it's still carrying on into the school year. And I think that there's still a lot of change needing to happen. And I think like through this podcast, through what we've been doing with the committee work, the planning and what we've been trying to do and what we're trying to improve. And I think that all of that is going to be put into, you know, something very, you know, valuable and we're going to change a lot of things. But I think that for the most part, I'm still in pain with hearing those stories of alumni and what they went through and their trauma and I think even to this day there's still things going on at school and incidents that I'm still in pain about so I think that it's just still a lot to process and I'm still feeling those feelings (laughs) yeah yeah I agree with Haley completely I guess like it was just really weird as an incoming freshman not getting to like be at St. Francis I remember signing up for the summer call and it was like are you a, pa- a student at St. Francis or a parent and I was like neither <laughs> like, I'm not really that you know but um I remember just like breaking down because I was it was everything happening at once and I was just like I'm a person who really values ethics and morals so I'm just like do I really like should I really attend this school and I was I was just reflecting and thinking about it but I was like well they're doing something about it and like they're in the process of changing and I think that's what matters the most because like growth is so important and like essential and just like being in leadership right now and being racial in racial reconciliation the committee and just working with Dr. Javier Watson and you and like just seeing the things that the inside process of what's happening for versus an outside perspective is just really like really cool and interesting to me and I'm just so happy I decided to come here and just kind of like fight for change instead of just like backing down backing down if that makes any sense I don't know it's a bit yeah (laughs) that's how I felt um when like the things happened on Instagram were you like were you following the SFHS account when it all happened and stuff yeah (laughs) yeah literally all my friends are sending it to me because a majority of my friends, I went, I came from like a Mira Loma feeder school. So mm-hmm. all my friends are going to Mira Loma in Rio and they were just like, are you really going to go to St. Francis? And I was like, <laughs> I didn't know how to <laughs> I didn't know how to respond because I was really excited to go. And it was just a shock. So like, of course I intended the Zoom calls. I like commented and I was just reading. That's all good. Yeah, it was just really like it was frightening because like you know like <laughs> I would be scared to go to high school yeah and, yeah you know, but it, at the end like it turned out for the better and I'm glad that like I decided to like still go and just not like get that in the way and like we're addressing it and some schools have just like completely ignored it like I know um in Washington I think there's a school that like put Asians under like white people and I was like yes oh. And they just turned off all their comments and not responding to anything. But like St. Francis is addressing stuff at the least and I'm just, they're planning so much stuff. So I'm just really grateful for that. Yeah, um, that's exactly what I want to talk about in the next episode. <laughs> it's just enraging hearing that from a, like a school district. I just don't understand how they're, like, I don't know where what comes to mind when they, you know, do that. What What's their process? Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest, um, I guess, feedback I've gotten in the past couple months since starting 
um, working with SLC and RJL in the past year or so is that there has been a lot of growth on campus, but there is still a lot of work to be done. And one of the biggest challenges I think I face on campus, just holding like a leadership position in general, um, especially over the summer, um, the SVOs and I were just like, oh, we just want to change, 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 like get it done now. And one of the things Mrs. McGreevy was always telling us is like, you guys need to do it one step at a time because you're just going to overwhelm yourself with too much. Because this is a heavy, like this is a heavy topic. This has so much context and history and just emotion to it that you can't just throw yourself at it like a math equation you know like you can't just apply yourself all in one night and you're gonna get it it's gonna take a lot of practice um a lot of discipline and a lot of patience um because even today like I struggle and I'm like thinking about I'm like do I really want to put myself into these conversations do I really want to put myself out there and possibly because it's vulnerable too like do I want to let other people see that part of me um so yeah um I think one thing that's really important when people start um hearing that racial reconciliation is happening happening on campus at St. Francis is it's not going to happen right away and it's going to take time and it's going to take um you know a lot of strong strong people and just emotion is required so I wouldn't be surprised if like in the next coming months hopefully if corona isn't a thing like if we have like our GL meetings a little bit more intimate like SLC meetings like you're gonna see more of that connection and that's what makes it so hard right now because we're just there's just like that big disconnect like it's so hard to like be like oh I want to feel connected but also I don't want to do it on social media or online but how else are you supposed to do it you know um have Diane I noticed that you have been like pretty active beforehand like with leadership and like activism and stuff like how has that affected you and like inspired you here on campus like as a freshman and coming in like what did you expect it to be like yeah so I mean I've always liked leadership I just liked like serving like the community and like volunteering so it's just it was a culture shift because I feel like in like student counselor ASB or whatever USC whatever we call it it's just so traditional it's like we have an open house and then we have a spirit week and a back to school dance and then it's just like homecoming it's just like very um there's an order and there's a pattern mm-hmm. like when everything just blew up I was like like where do I go from here like where <laughs> do I go because it's just like it's a lot and I'm sure Haley can add on because she's in racial reconciliation and I know that she has some, some experience too but like I was as a leadership organization for um the state board because I'm a part of CASEL which is like the California Association of Student Leaders we I remember just having an emergency call with them and we we're just like debriefing every single thing and it was like a long like deep conversation that I feel like as as someone like who's so involved in leadership I've never had to be that vulnerable I just think that I was like wow like it it's a crazy time but I feel like it's just so it opens you up more and I feel like vulnerability is just so powerful because it is hard and like being in racial reconciliation right now too we're just like share your story like in front of the leadership class and as much as I want to I just like I feel like I'm gonna break down you know and like yeah. just practicing vulnerability is not something we do often so it's just I don't know it's a learning process I guess <laughs> I think that that's a beautiful thing too, is vulnerability, is being open to sharing your story. And even though it's going to take time to kind of share what you're thinking and kind of sharing like your thoughts and what you've gone through, I think that like one of my like favorite quotes that I found that we're going to be using for our next presentation for um, Racial Reconciliation Committee was um, by Rosa Parks. She said like, to bring about change, you must not be afraid to take the step, the first step 
and we will fail when we try when we fail to try and i think that it's a beautiful quote because it just it kind of brings awareness to that even though change is in a process overnight we have to be willing to take those steps forward and even if they're baby steps like we can't be afraid to try and make that change and you know bring that vulnerability and bring that voice and voice our opinions and be those strong ladies to kind of you know make sure that change happens like yeah. we we want that to happen if we and if we don't try we'll fail together like if we don't try enough then nothing's going to change like we have to be able to kind of gear our shit like shift our gear to kind of bringing in that change and you know educating as much as we can because to a certain extent like you can't educate everyone and you can't have everybody listen but where we can like you know voice our opinions and like be able to do that in a way where we can convey other people's emotions and then have them open up and bring their vulnerability in within ours yeah um something Diane said earlier was talking about just like the major shift um this i guess just uh circumstances um Haley you're in leadership with me i think you were a sophomore I was a sophomore you're a freshman and Dr. Javier Watson you first I think it was your first year and you yeah. first introduced like your racial conversations with us and um I remember when that first started I was like so into it I was like oh my gosh when is his next meeting gonna be with us like when is he gonna continue talking about this and I remember like one of the biggest problems was like oh but we can't have that next class because next class we have to plan for homecoming or next class we have to you know get ready for class meetings like Haley in like the past I guess like year um how is like uh, even though as horrible as corona is like how has it given us so much more opportunities you know in clubs and leadership and um even outside with your other um organizations that you're part of um like meaning like during corona like how Mm -hmm. I think that it's been it's been a lot easier because we're able to we're at home and we can't really go anywhere so i feel like there was so much going on at school and those events that it took up and consumed so much of what was actually important as much as i love the student life and you know bringing those high school memories in it's just i feel like that for the most part it's like we need to talk about serious like like ish like we have to like there's nothing that can you know create that barricade and kind of put that blinder on I feel like that during COVID so much has like arisen to the surface of just like those emotions and like the traumatic events that have happened and those experiences that we've experienced at St. Francis and I think that it's been a beautiful process of just us working for RJL and then we're doing the cultural collab and we're doing all these other things within other clubs and these committees, the subcommittees, and then the planning in general. I think that for me personally, like in a leadership position, it's just been so incredible where I can, you know, help and speak, you know, for people who are afraid and like who need to like like you know raise their voices up because it's a hard process to do that and I think that there's been a lot of reflection during this time during COVID and I think that maybe it's just you know those little baby steps that you know bring those changes and I think that it's just been nice to have that reflection period and being able to do those zoom calls and create those meetings where we can just talk about it and kind of dish out and just like really go into those deep conversations and like even though it's like emotionally draining and it's tiring and it's just an ongoing process I think that from those conversations we bring awareness 
we bring that kind of, you know, just thinking about what are the next steps moving forward. So I think in a way COVID has been good, but, but not like a good like sense or it's like, we, we don't want COVID anymore, but like good for kind of, you know, having that break from being there physically on campus of like having those other like high school like problems of like, you know, having the pressure of being there, putting on a happy face, having that mask, those all those like in-person things where I feel like that that kind of has disappeared and it's been more of an awakening for all of us in a way of like being here at home. And even though we're in front of a computer, we're still able to reach and connect out. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, one of the things that I've been contemplating a lot about, like I think it started for me back in June um, when we first, I don't know if it was June or a little after, we started to do the Students of SF posts. Okay. And um, I was thinking about like how, um, given the circumstances it's taking us it's pulling us out of reality out of just like the normal societal things that we are so used to in the day-to-day things like we've been conditioned to you know do work nine to five you know those kind of things but now that we have the option of staying home we're also being conditioned to look at the other parts of society that we were so conditioned to do like the stereotypes the like microaggressions the things that we never realized were a thing until now because you're separating yourself from society and you're contemplating you're realizing and then you put yourself out there for once a week to go stand outside to go grocery shopping and all of a sudden you notice for me when COVID first started like one of the things I started noticing were like a lot of people would like flinch when there were like other Asians around and they coughed and things like that so like imagine how it is for other people you know and so when you're home six days of the week and then you go out that one day for an hour hour and a half and you see it and you're like this isn't how I'm treated at home so why am I being treated any differently when I'm not you know so that's one thing I noticed a lot over the um, past couple months and that's like I think that's why this has become such a big thing now because it's um circumstances just sucked everyone out there it was just like whoop. like you can't deny it because you see it you know you don't go home to your family and think these things about them because that's not what you do to people like we are people so this isn't how you're supposed to treat others um so yeah I think that's why it gives it gave us a lot of opportunities yes but uh, as much as it sucked it, I don't think we would be where we are now um, if we continued, if we came back to campus on August. I feel like people would be more, be worried more about safety procedures rather than, you know, talking about this. Um, they would probably put this second or third or fourth or fifth and then you never know what's going to happen. It's just going to keep putting behind because somehow, some way, it's always going to be prioritized. Something else is always going to be prioritized above it. You know, there's always going to be something else. So it's making us um, think about it. It's kind of in our face. It's um, social media is our only contact. Technology is our only sense of contact. So when we open our phones, like all you see is your news, Instagram posts, um, messages from friends, TikTok, and even TikTok talks about you know racial problems that people face on a day-to-day basis. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I definitely agree. It's just been a lot more in your face and like it's a good in your face. Um, But for the most part, like as you were saying, like, you know, there would be other things prioritizing um, racial issues if we were on campus. And I fully agree with that. I feel like if summer did happen and then we did go back to campus, I feel like for the most part, it'd be kind of like 
an iffy topic and people would be very on guard and very like just not like it just be a whole different environment because like for the most part like for me like certain days and like for other girls I've talked to like about racial issues on at St. Francis um on campus I feel like that for the most part that was a thing that would always come up is like it would we wouldn't want to come to school in morning in the morning like we would be afraid to come and kind of be there present and being surrounded by just people who have either done microaggressions or like insults or just anything in general like just racially like you know in our face like yeah uh, like those micro small aggressions and like just like saying nonchalant things that our like teachers don't even like pay attention to sometimes and even come from students so I feel like that for the most part it's just like it's good that we're here and present and like at home and like having those other connections because it'd be it would be really different way different if we were on campus right now one of the things I noticed in the summer with social media and now that we're on the topic of it and like its effects on us I think um it's brought a lot of good things but it also has brought a lot of bad things especially with the it's like a new culture with our generation it's cancel culture um <laughs> And that's where like a big follow-up happens. For those of you who don't know what cancel culture is, um, it's basically, um, it's like a majority opinion and people kind of expose you on social media and then everyone's like, oh, I don't like her anymore. She's racist or oh, I don't like her anymore. She said this one thing in her past. And when these racial things started, um, the racial conversation became a, it still is a big topic. Um, a lot of people started digging up into celebrities past and was like, oh, this celebrity did this when they were 16 and they're 40 now. And like, you know, they'll just pull it and they're like, oh, they're such a horrible person, you know? And that's so scary for me to like, think about that. I'm like, geez, like when I'm 30, like, it's like, what, what are people gonna say about me? Cause I, people make mistakes and um, like given social media, people are like, there's just no room for, no room for mistakes. And it's so hypocritical because it's like the people behind the screen are, much worse you're causing more division than unity and that's the whole point of this whole conversation is to bring unity and to bring understanding but when you're saying when you're bringing other people and be like you're a horrible person without giving them a space to you know talk to you a civil conversation then obviously there isn't going to be any change um so yeah there are a lot of ways that you know social media has helped us but also it's caused a lot of harm for some people as well especially with like there have been the uprooting of St. Francis like anonymous postings over the summer and that was horrible I like hated it I was like I don't know it just seems so overwhelming and toxic and I don't know how people can just partake into it and, and enjoy it say like oh yes I love cancel culture I love making people feel bad about themselves yeah I think that it's it's really immature and childish for the most part it's like we're like if we're in high school we're slowly growing up to be adults like you know and get your get your act together like come on we're talking about real issues we're not being babies behind a screen like say it to my face like if you have a problem with me like tell me like we need to address these things like course and like like not in like aggressive way and like more of a like mannered way but still being like true about it <laughs> but for the most part it's just social media has just created this whole kind of paradox to be honest and it's like just there's just so many like so many things tied in within each other and it's like it's draining for the most part it's like social media can have so many just terrible things but also it's a perfect way to communicate with other people around the world and like bringing out your message and sharing and like 
it's just a battle like between those two of good and bad and it's like a tug of war it's like where's the in between come on guys yeah Haley. like i definitely feel you i remember i was like I just went on this whole like mindset change. I was like, I'm gonna delete all my social media, like Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, I'm gonna delete everything. And then I was like, wait, but this is like my like news source. Like I get my news from like other, like Google too, of course, but like Instagram has so much like information nowadays and like infographics and just a bunch of information, TikTok too. And it's just like, I get scared that I'm gonna miss something like big. And I just feel like with mm-hmm. everything's like changing so quick and it's just, a lot of pressure and yeah like cancel culture is really toxic but it's i get like how they're trying to hold people accountable but i feel like when you're like just pointing blame and like doing that kind of stuff and sending death threats to a person you're not allowing them to grow you're just literally sending them hate and i feel like that's what people don't that people don't understand that like you're almost as bad as that person if you're sending these person horrible messages and death threats and like do you really think that that's how they're gonna change like after you send them those messages so it's like I feel like there's a sense of irony in cancel culture and I just think it's horrible too but yeah (laughs) yeah I think it's so fast for like public opinion to sway Uh, you give them one piece of evidence and they're just like oh I hate that person um (laughs) And I think, like, (laughs) like, especially, um, like, after Students of SF happened, I, like, became very careful with my personal Instagram. I was like, okay, I need to, um, like, check what I'm putting. I need to check what my friends are saying in my comments. I need to, you know, check what I'm reposting on my story. And then I realized, it's like, I'm catering to other people because, like, I have some, like, like, I don't like this sounds horrible but I have some Trump supporters following me on Instagram and then I would post something and people would just be like you're a horrible person like the United States can become a communist like state and blah 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 and I was just like <laughs> I was like oh my god and like I'm in a community like with a bunch of like liberal friends and then like I can only imagine that you know <laughs> these other people have the same exact thing so I'm like they like probably screenshot my Instagram and like shared it with their friends and like oh my gosh look at her she's horrible so like that was so scary for me um but I like stopped caring I was just like if you don't like what I see unfollow me and then I lost like 40 followers in like 10 days <laughs> I don't care though I was like that's the least of my worries um but it was toxic for a while because then at like 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 a couple days after receiving like a couple of like dms and stuff like um i started dear asian youth over the summer i became a chapter here in sacramento and i um opened applications and one of the things i got a lot of was like stop trying to make um black history into asian things like this isn't about other like people of color and i was just like oh that wasn't my intention like at all and it scared me like i literally was on pause with the chapter for maybe like three weeks like i was like i don't know if i want to go through with this i don't know if i want to make this like a thing um so i was off of instagram for like maybe a month and then like i realized how much i'd missed um with news and stuff it was kind of just like bad um but i realized like the things that I do shouldn't be for other people. It should be for myself and for the people around me. And, um, you know, people always just, especially on social media, people always find something to talk. What's the correct and non-bad um, word way to say this? The people find things to talk about, like, you know, just to make you look bad. Um, <laughs> um, one of the things too, like working with Mrs. McGreevy was she was scared that posting something 
um, the St. Francis Zoo, like it was tied to her. So like, if anything were to be posted, it would automatically be tied to Mrs. McGreevy. So I can only imagine like how teachers feel too. Like um, I'm not friends with any teachers on social media because that's not like that's not allowed. But I can only imagine like if they check too. Like, do you guys like when the whole Instagram page thing? Have you did you guys like look through the comments and read them and like searched for your name just in case to see if it was there? I did, yes, because I wanted to know firsthand. And I didn't want somebody to text me and say, hey, have you seen what somebody said about you? Or get a call from somebody like Dr. Javier Watson saying, we need to have a chat. And, you know, I'm, it's like a bomb going off, right? So I did. Yeah, I did. I wanted to, I wanted to, to kind of... Uh, not be surprised by having somebody else tell me does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so i mean i guess it happens for everyone on social media um and like especially with the zoom calls too um i know a lot of people tuned into that solely because they wanted to hear the teachers names that were called out and yeah. solely because they wanted to be like oh i was so right like she's racist like on campus and it's like it took away the whole purpose of and calls which is not to like call people out but to you know come to a point of like just a, a peaceful meeting i guess um but some people took it for um for their vices and you know use it in horrible ways which i don't agree with <laughs> but i think it does give me like anxiety a little like especially with social media because i'm just scared that people are gonna say something to me and i hate confrontation sometimes I'm already drained with school. I don't need the extra like random random boy just calling me out for whatever. So <laughs> Oh my goodness. No, yeah, like social media is, is such a strange place. It's so weird. It's like it's just this back and forth where it's just like you have to like not cater to other people and I think that for the most part it's like do what concerns you like do what you want do you baby like you gotta do what you do for yourself and what gonna benefit you and your community like if if people are hating on you if people are going at you and trying to confront you it's for the most part like you just, you're like okay that's thank you all right moving on like it's my opinion you have yours your opinion like okay cool let's we'll move on bye like mm -hmm. it's just like a whole like back and forth like it's just that's just social media for you it's it's sad to be honest <laughs> it's really sad mm -hmm. yeah i found using social media now i only use it really for the same friends as do and for dear asian youth just to like become a resource for other people at this point like i yeah i haven't posted anything like for myself in so long just because there really isn't a point to it anymore <laughs> like i'm just like what am i gonna do take a selfie in bed be like hey quarantine day <laughs> like good morning <laughs> yeah like day 120 with me you know like no one cares because there's other things going on and instead of sitting in bed i could be doing something else i could be joining these conversations and that's why i've always been urging like um other people just like even outside of St. Francis just urging them to join the conversation and if you don't want to talk then listen because you know listening means a lot to some people too some people love talking about um racial inequalities and the things that they've experienced just because they've got a lot of experience in storytelling um which I'm still 
practicing but I enjoy listening as much as I do speaking <laughs> yeah I think that that's important is to you know listen and also tell your story and I think for the most part like going back to social media like for me like I don't have Instagram I don't have TikTok so like it sucks sometimes because like I'm not in the know and like I don't have like I want like it's like not like a bus like I need it but I feel like it would be good to you know stay updated like with the Twitter like all the all the political stuff that's there and then Instagram like there's so many sources on there and like you know everything has been put on social media and that's like the tough part because for me it's just like text messages the news app on my iPhone <laughs> Like that's all I have, and it's like I always hear it from either my mom, my dad, or my brother. Like they're like my sources, or I like I have to literally dig up. I'm like searching one by one, or like, <laughs> going through New York Times and Washington Post. Like I'm going through all of it, but I feel like it's just it's good too because like then you can find your own resources and like kind of opening that up where it's not just all coming from social media because social media can have a lot of wrong information or be portrayed in a totally different way so I think that it's just like as you were saying princess like having the resources or being the resource yourself I think that's another beautiful thing about it too Mm -hmm. speaking of resources um to our listeners everyone that have been featured um in this episode and future episodes we are we are um, resources for you guys so if you guys ever need anything you know kind of said our names at the beginning so yeah oh yeah i forgot there was there's gonna be listeners <laughs> <laughs> like what Haley said earlier about catering to like other people like on social media i feel like that's so difficult because i don't know i've always been like i don't like conflict i avoid it and i hate confrontation i just like i've always been a people pleaser mm-hmm. so just like not catering to anyone was just like I had to learn how to like stop doing that because I I don't know like people who have completely different political like views than me I had to be like Diane it's not political it's human rights like now it's human rights like I have to stop you know and I learned how to be more like outwards about like my like views as a person but sometimes it was just really hard because like I had past friends who had completely different views than me and I had to have have, like those courageous conversations and like even if it's not what I want to hear I have to choose to listen to them and just like try to understand their point of view to get them to trying to understand mine and just like having those conversations were hard but I feel like they were so necessary I'm thankful for them yeah it's just social media has been absolutely crazy just all over but yeah just as much as like we are um strong-willed in our ideas and opinions there are people who are just the same oppositely and I've experienced that you know in my own little night close-knit circle um (laughs) over quarantine and you know i came to the realization that if if we do not oh my goodness if we do not come to terms then i'll just be like okay i'm done talking because you're just not listening to me and it's there are you're gonna have fallout with some people that just won't that won't listen that will just argue and um but i think the most important thing is you know that you tried and you you know put yourself out there because that's the most you can give to other people and yourself you know, um, even though you do lose that one person or three people that don't understand where you're coming from, at least you give yourself that validation that, you know, I fought for myself and I fought for people um, who sometimes don't have the ability and opportunities that we do. And that's all that matters, you know, and it's 
it's the other person's um it's the other person's fallout for not giving you a chance or giving you the respect that people deserve when entering a conversation yeah no yeah i think i think i agree with that it's just like for the most part people are gonna have those boundaries they're gonna have their opinions and it's like there's so much we can do to reach out to them where to a certain point we might exhaust ourselves from trying so hard to like reach out and i think for me like it's like okay like i tried moving on like i'm just gonna yeah it's not giving up but it's just more like you're kind of rude to say but like you're wasting my time like I I'm trying to just tell you and explain to you my opinion as I just did listening to you so I think that you should take the time to just listen to me too if we're trying to make this work and not come to like a negotiation or anything but just like listen to the other side like it's important to kind of just you know see the other views but like it's not like we're conforming to like oh my god yeah true like yeah but it's more just like hey i i understand you i hear you but i just don't think the same way as you Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay so i think that's a good wrap to the end of our podcast episode conversation today um Thank you guys for giving me your time after school. I know it's like right before Thanksgiving, but I really just wanted to put an episode out there. I've been like on my toes with the podcast and just like we need to get something out. Um, so yeah, um, thank you all. Um, to our listeners, thank you for giving us your time. Um, you can always reach out to any of us. We have racial reconciliation with leadership. So if you know any leadership girls in your class, um, you can always reach out to them. We can give you their information as well as any of the SBOs. And then, yeah. So if you need anything else, that's it. Alrighty. (laughs) Thanks, guys, for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you.